When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to the Leaf Sky, episode 37, season two. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will stop by very shortly. Before we get going, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down in all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now that's a proposition. Call to action goes like this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. The promo code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on the hockey story. Oh, what have the Leafs done here? So the goaltending, major question mark. The blue line, overcrowded, holes up front. Oh, plenty to talk about. Here is the conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun as we sift through. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it the remains, but as we sift through the Leafs roster. Well, Terry, I mean, what do you? Let's just start with the with the grand question. What do you make of what the Leafs have done? Uh, the first couple of days into free agency, going back to the draft, and you know, obviously the goaltending's a, a, a hot point to say the very least. Well, what do I make of it? Uh, desperation and risk on the part of Kyle Dubas, Jim. That's all there is to it. Listen, you know, clearly not interested in the term with a guy like Jack Campbell. Um, I think of the better of the three goalies we're going to talk about. I guess well, Campbell, Murray, and Samsonov. He is the best one. Um, that's on Kyle Dubas. He couldn't make that work. Uh, I think he'll do great in Edmonton, but as far as the Leafs go to pin your hopes on two, uh, question marks is a, is a risk. And I, I don't know, uh, you know, will, will, will both Murray and Samsonov not come through for the Leafs this year? Well, we don't know. 
uh, given the injury history of Matt Murray and the up and down play of Samsonov or Samsonov, I guess, I, I just, um, you know what? I, I thought Dubas did a good job in getting rid of the Mrazic contract in Montreal, Jim. And then from there, it's been downhill, period. Yeah, I, I concur with you. I, I guess maybe that before we start picking this apart, the, the better question might be, because I think everybody was looking for stability and the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the ultimate question would be, what was the answer? Because I don't know that it was out there. Well, I think the answer to me would have been trying to make Campbell work. You know, we were... We're seeing a situation now, for example, in Colorado where, you know, the suspicion is Joe Sackick is going to try to make it work to keep Nazem Kadri. That could change, but that seems right. to be what's happening there, i.e. clear the cap space. That's what I would have done if I was Kyle Dubas in some form. You know, I, I just think that when you're when you're taking the risk on two guys like they are, it'd be one thing, and again, Jim, I mean, we, I think we've been, we, we went through this when they signed Mrazek. A lot, you know, once you get past five or six goalies in the NHL, there is an, an element of risk in everything that you do uh, because you just don't know what you're going to get you know, with some of these people. Um, they found out last year they were wrong on Mrazek. And Jack Campbell goes out and has a season that, yes, is up and down. Second half, not as good as the first. But, you know, you had, an, you had a known uh, um, a person there, uh, loved in the room, loved outside the room. And now you're starting fresh with Matt Murray and all this talk about the background and everything. Actually, I was, it was good to see Dubas kind of poo-poo that part of it the other day when he spoke, Jim said, look, that doesn't really matter. And he's right. Um, all we, all this talk about John Elkin that John, or sorry, that uh, Matt Murray in the background, well, that's nice, but you know, all these guys go and work with their uh, goaltending coaches and personal guys in the summer and the following spring, there's only one that's going to be hoisting the Stanley cup. So, it's great that he knows Elkin. It's great they have the background. It's great they'll know he'll work closely with him. But he still has to get to know Curtis Sanford, the Leafs goalie coach, who he just met last weekend. So the questions are there. I, I, the answer to me would have been Campbell, make it work. You know, if you look at it and go, well, five years is too long. Well, you're not worried about the fourth and fifth year. You're, you're worried about the first two, especially with, with the Austin Matthews situation. So don't worry about the, the, what happens at the end of it. Right. Get it done in the next two or three years while you can. And, and man, when you've got generational talent in Austin Matthews and another one not far off that level, in my mind, in Mitch Marner, and you've backed yourself into a corner where you're going to two question marks in net, you're, you're not doing uh, well by your team. Okay, so I agree with what you said about not worrying about the last two years. I think a lot of people get hung up on on yeah. some of the, some of the contract lengths. I mean, there's always a way to deal with that, and you deal with it later. But but I guess when you look at the dollar figure, there's there's peanuts between Murray and, and what uh, and what Jack Campbell signed for. Not much. Uh, so right. it had to be the term. I mean, we're not concerned about the term, but they had to be concerned about the term. Well, they were, and uh, but again, you know what? When when the option is two question marks, so what? You know, right? Yeah, you have to sort of look at it. Yeah, okay. You're concerned about the concern, but is it is it worse than what you're going to do? Right now, I guess the other thing about this whole thing, Jim, with the, with the goalies is, say you do decide on the Campbell, okay, and you go at five and five, and you worry about the next couple of years later. Okay, the fact of the matter is, you're still in the hunt for a backup goalie. Does Sam Samsonov work in that point? At that point, he might, depending on what else you were able to clear out. Um, but now, I don't know, I just, uh, you know, what, what if, I know the Oilers need to work on their defense. There's no doubt about that. 
But what if Campbell is one of the last pieces oh. there, and that's what it turns? <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you want to be if you want to be sick about it, you could do a, a nasty play by play where Campbell makes a save, CC feeds Hyman and goes in and scores on Matt Murray, and the Leafs are out. I mean, you could you could do you could have fun with this. There's no question, no question about it. Yeah, fun is an is a, is a three letter F word there, Jim. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well. So uh, let's go back. Let's sort of strip this down. We're running, so we're going to go back to the studs. I, I yeah. think the key failure here is the inability to move Hall and possibly Kerfoot out to create the cap space they were going to need. Would you agree? Yes, I would. There's five and a half million dollars right there. Yep. And and now you look at the defense where, you with the signings of uh, Victor Mete and Jordy Ben, you have nine NHL defensemen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two of them shoot right, and that's clearly – I know Brody plays the right side, shooting left. But shooting right appears to be an advantage for Justin Hall, unless you're you you know you're married to the idea of making Sandine a right defenseman, even though Dubas again said this week the preference for him is on the left, where you've got Gier- Riley, Muzzin, and Giordano. So, yeah, you would think that maybe they would have looked at that a little earlier now that you've got nine and uh, move Hall out. Uh, to clear up $2 million for next year. That didn't happen. Uh, Kerfoot is a is a, a bit more interesting to me because, you know, he's never really a guy that's been in Sheldon Keefe's doghouse. You know what you're going to get with him game in and game out. Does he always produce the way you want? Probably not. But he's a really good, serviceable, utility man type player for the Leafs. And, you know, you would miss that. And you're already using Ilya Mikheyev, Jim. So there was, there had to be consideration of that, too, uh, with the forward spots, Uh if you trade um, uh, Kerfoot. But the fact of the matter is we can parse all this forward talk and who should have gone and the defense and, and what they could have done. If you don't have good goaltending from the people you have now, none of it will matter. It won't matter that you've got the Hart Trophy winner. It won't matter that you've got a guy who is just a bit below the Hart Trophy winner and Mitch Marner. Um, it just won't. You, you just keep your fingers crossed now and hope that Murray – and or Sam Sonoff can get it done. And if they can't, I don't know what you do. The other issue with this too, Jim, is as it stands right now, we're still looking at contracts for Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Um, you know, goal, general manager, you you know, you don't want to be brushed up against the cap when the season starts. You want to give yourself some leniency for so when you get to the trade deadline, you have a bit of money to play with, right? Yeah. The Leafs aren't going to have that unless Dubas does something fairly significant. I so just, I there are so many factors here. Yeah, I mean, you know, to just do a rough sketch, and it's a sort of it's not mean spirited, but it is blunt. You've got nine mm-hmm. defenders, you got two question marks in goal, and you got all kinds of holes up front. You've got yeah. you got a fourth line that has to has to be created, and an opening uh, somebody has to replace Mikheyev. And that's with the understanding that Engvall takes the next step and, and everything else works as it did or is a little better, which is a bit right. of a push. Yeah, it is. I just, uh, like I said, you're keeping your fingers crossed. That's all. That's what you're doing right now, if you're Kyle Dubas. Because you don't know. You don't know. And, you know, like I say, I mean, Matthew's going to have another monster year. I expect that he will. I expect Marner will. I think Michael Bunting is great, and he'll at nine fifty next season. He'll be probably the best bargain in the National Hockey League. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it won't. None of it will matter unless those question marks become exclamation marks or whatever you want to call it in net. And uh, you know, even even getting back to Murray, and you know, the injury history. 
so so he does play well in spurts and that sort of thing. But what happens if the same sort of thing happened in Ottawa, you know, first week of March, he gets another concussion and that's it. Then what do you well, do? Well, they've been there before with other goalies. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, it, it's, again, there's, um, you know, it, it's hard to have a guarantee in that. I get that unless you have an Andre Vasilevsky, unless you have a Shesterkin, uh, a few other people, uh, Markstrom perhaps, uh, you know, um, some other guys in the National Hockey League. Unless you have those those uh, certainties, uh, there will be question marks. But, you know, the Leafs really have two of them. And, uh, you know, like I say, once you get past Murray and if he doesn't recover with the play, then you have the injury factor to consider. And, and that's not fun either. Well, it really speaks to the failure of the organization to develop their own goaltender. I mean, this is an yeah. ongoing problem. Uh, Freddie Anderson filled a nice gap there, but but really it goes back to, uh, you know, drafting and development of a goalie who can progress through the system. So let me ask you this. It's, it's sort of unrelated, but but it is on goaltending. Who is the bigger gamble, Murray or Samsonov? Well, Murray is. Yeah. Not that money. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's sure that's a that's a high salary, uh, you know. I, and I know that Ottawa would only suck up twenty five percent, but right. But, uh, you know, they, they didn't really, uh, you know, a peanuts less than than um, Campbell got, and there were other goalies that signed right in around there that they could have pursued as well. Yeah, no, that's the biggest risk to me. And and given the inconsistencies and everything else, and the price you, the price you potentially pay for it, not just uh, money wise, but on the ice. You know, the other thing too, Jim is is. Florida, Florida Panthers have made some interesting moves and uh, lost some people. Um, of course, Giroux and Marchment, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be Tampa Bay again. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen improvements from other teams in the division. I think Boston's going to fall off. I think that's probably accepted. But other teams, uh, you know, the, the Buffaloes and the Detroits of the world, Ottawa has done some good things. Right now, Ottawa is a better goalie in Matt, or sorry, in Cam Talbot yeah. than the Leafs do in Matt Murray. Well, but I think I think when you look at the goaltending, um, I think they got outmaneuvered by other teams. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I agreed with that. Agreed. And again, last week, nine days ago, ten days ago, whenever it was, it looked so promising with the Mrazic trade. You know, Dubas comes out and speaks to Montreal, Jim, and, and he says, talks about flexibility. We can now more or less do what we want. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, well, there are two options here, Campbell or Kemper. Which one will it be? They're both going to come in at roughly the same amount of money. They're right. both going to come in at roughly the same term. So I think a lot of us are thinking that. Matt Murray didn't come to mind. No. Didn't come to mind. He, he, I mean, he wasn't the first name that came to mind. He wasn't the second. And this is taking into consideration that there have been there have been whispers about the Leafs and Matt Murray's for Matt Murray, sorry, for several years now. But once that was done last week, the Mrazic thing, okay, well, great. You get out from under this, you have several options here. One guy I think that, the, that would have looked good in a leap uniform was Billy Huso, and that didn't happen. That was gone right off the board. You know, right. Flurry taking less money, I think, uh, than he might have got elsewhere. I don't know if he would have got how much more he would have got in Toronto to stay in Minnesota. Of course, uh, you know, Gorgiev uh, and the trade that Colorado made with the Rangers. So there were a lot of pieces off the table. I get that. But when Campbell and Kemper were still there, I thought, okay, the Leafs are going are, are to uh, get this right. And it turns out now, on paper, in the second, whatever it is, mid-July, they haven't. No. You want to to come back and talk about this and say, look, you were wrong back then? That's fine. I have no problem with that. Well, you know, I I think right now it doesn't look good. Out of the conversation, you know, you you sort of, it's like sifting for gold. Uh, What comes out of it is that the Leafs definitely were not interested in Jack Campbell for five years. 
Right. That, that's point blank. So, so yeah. now you want to ask yourself, and you'll never know why, but, you know, you go back to what his struggles were in midseason. We don't know what they were, but they do. And, and that was their call based on, on what they know about him, and they know him intimately. They decided no for five years. That's the decision, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But again, like you and I talked about, if you're so caught up on five years, by the time it's done, you know, Kyle Dubas might not even be the GM of the team. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you don't want to put yourself in a worse position. No, you don't. But, you know, I just, I think they've done that with the goaltending that they have. Well, I think this is a, this is kind of a flaw with the Leafs, you know, and obviously the cadre discussion was revisited many times because of his success with, with Colorado and that's to be respected and honored. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go back to that trade, uh, and I'm not going to throw Tyson Berry under the bus because for me, Tyson Berry becomes TJ Brody. So, so it's, it's, uh, you know, you get Kerfoot and, and a defenseman out of that deal. Right. I, I've been a little creative with my analysis that way, but what you don't replace <laughs> is the cadre swagger and yeah. the way he fit on that team. To me, yeah. that's a void. I mean, you could make all the trades you want, but you have to replace what you're sending out somehow. Maybe it's not in that trade, but it has to come somewhere else. And they never address that. No, they didn't. And you, we knew when that happened that Kadri was going to go and do good things. He, he, he just knew he had that potential. All he had to do was was uh, rein it in, basically in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And we see what happened this year when he goes and does what he does with the busted thumb. And full marks to him for winning the Stanley Cup. Full marks to Kadri for getting it done, and uh, you know, now yeah. in line for a nice payday. But no, the Leafs have not. Re- and, and, and Jim, really, two things. Kadri and and Hyman. I mean, again, I I love what Michael Bunting has brought. Okay, yeah, uh, no doubt about that. So maybe Hyman's not as big an issue, especially on that top line because Bunting has fit in so well. But Kadri for sure. I just there's no replacement there. Um, you don't have you know an option up the middle really uh, to to take the spot of Tavares on the second line, if that's what you wind up doing at center, if you decide to move him to the wing, they just don't have that right now. And Kadri would have been that guy. And, you know, I don't know. Then you look at the contract for Kadri, he had remained in Toronto and and been, you know, been, been smart in the playoffs and not been suspended. You know, if that happens in some of those Boston series, you know, is that the tipping point for the Leafs? Do they end up winning one of those series? They probably do. If he's in it for the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. So the conversation changes so much, but man, to your point, they miss Kadri. They don't have anybody in that ilk right now, and they don't have the wherewithal to make that type of uh, acquisition right now. Yeah. Look, I'm all for player movement. I think, you know, you make your decisions and you go on, but to, to make the decision and not replace what you're sending out is a mistake. And I'm going to just a a mild debate on bunting. I like him. I think he's a great hockey player, but what what's lacking on that line is some sort of physical presence, some sort of space creating so that Austin Matthews doesn't have to be the only physical presence on the line. I think that's dangerous uh, for his health. And and so, you know, bunting is a great story, but you didn't bring back the sandpaper that Hyman took with him. Well, you brought back elements of it, but not the full package. You're right. No, well, you need I mean, that. Zach Hyman, listen. If if I'm starting a team of four checkers, he's on he's on my top line. Doesn't matter what team is playing for. And then in Toronto's case, that would mean Michael Bunting wouldn't be there. And again, let, let's go back to, to a year ago, Jim. The Leafs kind of they had an idea of what they might be able to get in Bunting, but they didn't know. They did, he didn't start. Oh, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he had to yeah. he had to work his way into it. 
Yeah. With a guy with a guy like Hyman, there's a lot more of a guarantee there. I mean, let's remember who had that first crack. Excuse me, not that spot. It was Nick Ritchie. And uh, right. we all know how that worked out. So that wasn't exactly a stroke of genius at the time. As it turns out, that's what it's become. But you're right. You, you haven't fully replaced Zach Hyman in that role. And, you know, we'll see what the physicality in, in Austin Matthews. Of course, you don't want him to, uh, you know, to become more of, of that and put himself in spots where he might get injured. But also at the same time, you'll want to encourage it as well because, you know, you know, what, what when he just goes through people. He has that ability to do that. And I think he's becoming more comfortable doing that. But again, it's the day-to-day, game-to-game grind like you're getting at, getting the puck, the, the creating that space and that sort of thing that not might not necessarily be there. But having said that, Jim, if they can if they continue to produce at the rate they did this past season, you can overlook that and hope that other things in the lineup settle down for you. That won't be as big an issue as other things. Yeah, I, I think that my issue with the Leafs is I, I don't mind their decisions. I, I, I don't like their backfill. I, I think they're void on the backfill. They've mm-hmm. done they they replace part of what they've left but uh, has left the, the team. But but you can't keep doing that. And and, and the reason I say that is uh, the market this year, with with a lot of people not being qualified, there's a lot of hockey players out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to find those guys, and it seems that other teams are able to do this. And this is a void for me on the Leafs. Well, you know, you you found a guy like that, Andre Kasha, right? And well, then, you did. You, and then suddenly you don't have the 1.5 to resign him that he got in Carolina for one year. I know Kasha was hurt again last year. What he played 50 games, I think, though. And yeah, I know, he, but he, uh, but then you have you to know, find another one. You do, and and they haven't done that. Not in the signings that they've made so far at forward. They haven't with uh, Obey Kubel and Godet. Uh, just you know, you're looking at a couple of fourth liners there, and and nothing more. But who knows, Jim? Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe Obey Kubel is becomes a guy this year that moves up. Where you know last year we didn't have Bunting moving up and playing as well as he did. It's hard to say right now, but right now you, you know you don't see that necessarily that potential you have to get someone else to be a, a good third line player for you in the vein of akasha but again when you have no money to do that you're right you don't replace that now and it did look good for the time that he played okay a couple of quick questions before we end this on that blue line you've got nine bodies yeah somebody's gonna go right and you think they're gonna yeah. move somebody well i i would think so i you know the obvious the obvious one is hall then the, then it's not so obvious because he shoots right yeah, there's a lot of speculation about Jake Muzzin. I don't know why, you know, money wise, I suppose, but you know, you'd rather have Jake Muzzin come back and refine the form that earns him that contract. I think he'd be able to a savings of five point six. He does have a no trade clause, so that wouldn't be easy. But um, when you have nine D like you do, I mean, are you are you are you signing guys like Mete and Ben so you just wind up losing them on waivers at some point like they have with other serviceable players yeah that could very that could very well be uh talk of trading Sandine I don't understand uh, not at that age I know you've got some contract issue alleged right now with him although Duba said the other day it's not too complex and you know indicating they expect to get something done there Lilligren came into his own last year he's ready for a top six spot but something has to give on the blue line. And when it does, if it is a haul, then it does give you that a little bit more money to play with. But, you know, again, then you're looking at guys who have been passed over in free agency so far, Jim. And uh, when when you're looking at players like that, then you don't know. 
you're just you're just hoping that they can come that's in right. and work out for you. Yeah, it, it could happen or, or it could not. It's it's, right. it's a bit of a gamble. And then you have a limited roster, so you have to be pretty sure on that. I mean, they were pretty yeah. lucky last year. They had a lot of things turn out that people were questioning, and, and if they could do that again. But that's what they need to do. So let, let's go to the fourth line. This is uh, this is an ensemble cast, isn't it? Well, uh, that's uh... – <laughs> I think you're being nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's one way to put it. It is an ensemble cast, and uh, you know, I uh, again, you know, Obey Kubel. I, I like it. Um, you know, is this finally? You know, we talk about a guy like Nick Robertson, Jim. Yeah, he, he's not a fourth line player. You know, no. he's not a guy that comes in and plays seven or eight minutes a night, and, and you try to get it done. I mean, Joey Anderson. Uh, you know, you still got Simmons and Clifford, and and they seem to more or less work their way out of the, the out of the uh, out of the uh, you know situation last year. And, and yeah. again, you're falling back now on things you didn't you don't necessarily want to do. So it's you say ensemble, I say mashup. I don't I don't know what <laughs> they do there at this point. Okay, yeah, I, I really don't. And again, you know, Dubis keeps mentioning these guys that could come up and play out for the Marlies and. Uh, I don't know if I'm an Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, that's not a very, that's not very comforting to me. It just isn't. Well, I mean, go back to the Colorado fourth line, the Tampa fourth line and how impressive yeah. those, those, those units were. And yeah. really what you're trying to do here is piece patch something together that, that sort of fits into a salary cap. But uh, I don't know. To, to me, you know, we'll end it on this and I like your yeah. res- response to this. To me, there are, and, and you know, you wish it works out because uh, it's a better story to cover. But there are so many uh, intangibles on this roster. I mean, it takes you back almost three or four years, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. And uh, you know, it's um, it's it's tough because if you go back three or four years, there was so much optimism when they signed Tavares. You know, you wind up getting Nylander done at at a great contract in my mind. You have the uh, the uh, the contracts that Matthews and Marner have at the time, you think, okay, well, that's a lot of money, but the term you've got something to work with, and now you're you haven't won a thing, literally, you haven't won anything, you haven't even won a first round, and you're not breaking things up necessarily. I mean, you look west and you look at what's happened to Calgary, and the inability to re-sign Johnny Godger, although that was more of the player than than the team, and now the, the questions surrounding Matthew Kachuk, I mean, that's even worse because you're looking at your core. Yeah. Thinking, uh oh, we're this is this is being broken up before before we've won anything as well. In Toronto, though, there the optimism that, that was there. I don't know. You can still have that. You just can't. Tavares yeah. isn't the same player they signed in July 1, 2018. You looked at Dubas on July first, twenty eighteen, Jim, and said, "Hey, uh, four years from now, you're going to have much of the same roster, if more or less. You're not going to have the Hymans and Andersons and and Kadri. You're going to make some nice moves on the blue line." But you still won't have won a first round. I don't. I do, he probably Kyle Dubas wouldn't have believed you. And you know now you're you're playing a bit of a shell game here with the forwards. You're the, the question marks in goal. You're better off with Freddie Anderson, even though you hadn't won. You're better off with Jack Campbell, even though you hadn't won. And now this is what the the uh, you have. And have there been some issues salary cap wise beyond Kyle Dubas's control? Of course there have been. But the, the same issue that have faced 31 other general managers in the National Hockey League. And other teams have found their way around it and have hoisted the Stanley Cup. They made it work in Tampa, Jim. They're yeah, making no, it work in Tampa. 
They you find a way. In Colorado, you find a way. You yeah. find a way. And Dubas has not done that. And uh, to me, to, to leave this on, and we'll probably get back to this sort of thing, you know, if it doesn't work this year, then it's time for another GM to come in and try to make it work. Wow. Well, how, how, how many opportunities does he get? The clock is ticking. I mean, a year from now, we're talking about this. We're talking about Nylander and Matthews going into the final years of their contract, the final right. year of their contracts. Right. right. And, and you know what? That's the thing that I'm kind of thinking about, too. Like, I've kind of bandied about, well, if it doesn't work. And, and so what What works then? What What's the definition of working with this team? One round win, two? Oh, well, when you when you haven't won at all, one round is monumental. But that monumental, but, but what a low bar, eh? Well, what that's that, that's the, yeah, that's the whole point. Is after all this time, you've won yeah. one round. Yeah. You go out in the second, and, and how you go out in the second would leave a mark too. And then you've got to re-sign everybody. Yeah, that is. I mean, I, it almost looks like the window has closed. I, I mean, that's that's a drastic statement, but but they have missed something. They they have missed an opportunity, haven't they? Well, they have. Well. It's, it appears that way. And, you know, maybe in a, in a future podcast, Jim, we can get into, because we haven't had time today, but this is, this is all been good, but what, what some of the other teams in the East have done. Oh, well. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. Look at Carolina. Yeah. You, you tell me that the Leafs are closer to breaking through than the Carolina Hurricanes are at this point. We talk about the idea that Campbell, what if he's the missing piece in, in Edmonton or one that helps put them further down the road? You know, could it be Anderson and Carolina – you know, another goalie that the Leafs had and it didn't work could very well be. Carolina's made a lot of good moves. They have a good defense core there. They have a great group of forwards. Adding Brent Burns, I think, even at his age, is just really shrewd. Yeah. But a, a lot of other teams in the East are going to look, you know, they're not just going to, you know, say, okay, well, it's the Leafs' turn this year. Never mind what we could, what we could be, you know, coming out of the West again, and Colorado was able to make it work again there. So it's not just what the Leafs are doing. It's what the teams are doing around them. And, uh, you know, you can say anything you want, but if you're not a little bit discouraged by that, then, you know, you're not telling yourself the truth. Well, and we'll end on this. That goes to cap management by the other teams. They had the space to do those things. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. I mean, yeah. again, you know, you, one last thing about cap management. Are you, are you glad you're not Vegas? Of course you are. But, yeah. you know, they haven't won anything, and, and it doesn't look like they will now with the – but there, it's really a cap horror there. There's no doubt about it. Much worse than what the Leafs are experiencing. But uh, that doesn't matter to the Leafs nation. What matters is what's happening here. And uh, the biggest issue is you now have a spot, or you're now in a spot where you're you have a generational player. You have another one who's close to him, and you can only look at them and say, "I can only give you big question marks and goal, and keep my fingers crossed and hope that crazy it works out." And that's not good. Terry, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Last minute of play in this podcast. And so an interesting summer of endless debate starts now. I hope you enjoyed episode 37, season two of Leaf Sky. I hope you come back next week for episode 38. (laughs) 